0: Welcome to Simply Cyber. All right, good morning, folks. How are you? Hope you're all doing well. Hope you're having a great day wherever you are. Today is Thursday, December 29th. Welcome to episode number 271, if you can believe that, of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief, the show where we break down the latest cyber threats and how you can incorporate this information into your cybersecurity practices. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Ozier, and each day I cover the most important and current cybersecurity news and provide expert analysis on each of those stories. So whether you're a tech-savvy individual or just looking to stay informed, this show is got something for you. So sit back, relax, and let us help you navigate the complex world of cybersecurity. <clears throat> now before we <clears throat> before we dig into the show, I'd love to share the stream sponsors with you, folks who help make it happen. Shout out and thanks to Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil, but Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. You can see here on stream is the actual website. Eric Taylor's calendar's right here. If you need help in a, like instantly, um, you should have already contacted Barricade Cyber and gotten something set up, but you can get to Eric as quickly as possible using his calendar right here. You could talk to him later today at 9:45, uh, and give him a sit rep on how how things are going at your business. If you're actually dealing with an incident, for example, also want to throw some love for our good friends Recon InfoSec. Recon InfoSec. Now, if you're in need of a service that provides your organization with 24/7 managed detection and response (MDR). You need it. Recon InfoSec, okay? They are, they are an excellent company run by really great people. Their transparent offering includes the people, process, and technology needed to deliver full-spectrum SecOps to organizations of any size. They will give you direct access to the Recon team of experienced SOC analysts, engineers, architects, the SIM, the SOAR, everything, right? Their SOAR, Artemis, it's a great platform and gives you full visibility into the environment and even gives you insight into the investigations that they're doing. Recon MDR takes a security first approach that provides real answers and effective defense. Here's their site right here, Recon InfoSec. You could just jump on there and get whatever the service is. I'm um, the one I'm talking about is MDR, which I think is an awesome, awesome, excellent option for any business. Um, I did see in chat, people were interested in a, everything you need to know about MDR, inch deep, mile wide kind of video. Uh, I will do that. I wanted to do the uh, wireless network hacking one first, which I did yesterday. Um, So look for an MDR video at some point in the future. Now, if you're live, love it, love it, love it. Great to see you guys. Each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Brief is worth half a CPE. So be sure to say hi or say what's up in chat so you can document that you are here because chat is burned into the stream permanently. If you are live, like I said, love it. Thanks so much. I see 63 of you here. A lot of people uh, come in a few minutes into the stream. If you're watching on replay, thanks a lot. Hashtag team replay in the comments. Make sure that you document that as well for those CPEs and for getting your things done. Now that the script is aside, we will uh, get into the news. But first, I will um, want to say hi to a couple people. Good morning, Tom Bishop. Hey, Lacey Cochran. Um, Soto out in Boston. I saw you at the beginning. Jay Smith, my man. Haircut Fish, two weeks out from his new gig. Love it, love it, love it. Robert Morris, what's up, dude? Kerry Chasen, love it. How cheap is Raspberry Pi to get into this mess? Kerry, um, here, I'll, I'll just do this really quick. Um, raspberry Pis are kind of ha- hard to find right now, in general, but uh, let me see. Here's a link, Kerry, to the Raspberry Pi Lab. It's got... You know, it's basically got everything I used for that lab. So it's not just the pie, because you need like I added this antenna last night, too. All right. Hopefully that gets Carrie set up. I got some feedback from, uh, you know, longtime Simply Cyber members that my script and my audio needs to be tightened up. So I tried a new script today and I'm trying to tighten up this audio. We're at five minutes in. We're usually at eight. So I'm going to jump into the news in a second. Doesn't feel as uh, comfortable for me to not t- to constrain myself. To a more tighter script, but I'm trying it. All right, Alex May writes Chiller Instincts in the House, Cyber Munchkin, Zombie Guy, Justin. Guys, I just released. You know what? I'm just thinking of this right now, to to kind of break me out of this. Like, I don't, I I I don't like the structure of this. Um, I'll also do a GRC, um, if anyone's interested, a GRC Analyst Masterclass raffle at the mid roll today. Since I just dropped new content, we'll, we'll do a, a raffle, just for fun, right? Because because we we're improv up in here, guys. So let's let's rock and roll. All right. Yeah, Robert, uh, my camera uh, lost focus a little bit from time to time. We can keep on. Um, whoops. We can keep on talking uh, later on in the show, but for now, let's get into the news, y'all, and have a good time. I wish you all a wonderful. Uh, Thursday morning, and I'll see you at the mid-roll. Here we go. From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines.
1: It's Thursday, December 29th, 2022. Ransomware continues to hammer hospitals. The Lake Charles Memorial Health System began notifying patients of a data breach impacting almost 270,000 patients that received treatment at one of its medical centers. The hospital experienced an attack on October 21st, with attackers gaining access to patient names, addresses, medical records, payment information, and some social security numbers. The Hive ransomware group took credit for the attack, hosting files on its leak site. This concurs with a recent HHS Health Sector Cybersecurity Coordination Center report, which found Hive particularly active targeting healthcare organizations. In October, an FBI report found that among all cyber attacks against critical infrastructure, attacks on the healthcare sector accounted for 25% of all ransomware complaints.
0: Yeah, that sucks. Okay, so here's, here's there's a couple things going on here. One, Hive ransomware, you know, it sucks. It's kind of, it's deplorable. Um there was kind of like an unspoken agreement with ransomware threat actors uh when when ransomware first started blowing up like 2018 2019 2020 there was kind of like a informal somewhat quasi acknowledged agreement that they would not hit hospitals right and and many of them didn't right many of them uh cho- choose not to or you know it would be like collateral damage or um you know kind of like a spray and pray attempt where you'd accidentally hit a hospital for the most part though, they stayed out of healthcare hive ransomware, who is a very effective ransomware threat actor has openly said like, no, 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 we're going for healthcare. We understand that, you know, if these systems aren't there, that's patient safety uh, concerns and, and uh, you know, harm. So they're more likely to pay the ransom because they need those systems up uh, ASAP. But at the same time, like, you know, enjoy, Enjoy that special place in hell where you're going, because, you know, it's 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 unconscionable that you would, you know, attack something that has such a profound impact on individuals, right? Yeah, like I get that you're getting Lake Charles Medical Hospital System money. You got to get that money. Great cash, homie. But at the same time, like, at what point, like, you know, if 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 you could like mug an old man and and make money, like, are you gonna do that? You know if you could punch a pregnant lady, are you going to do that? No, because there's, there's like, I don't care if you're a criminal, have some ethical standards. So, anyways, uh Hive decided, no, we're all in, we're YOLO on friggin' healthcare. So they're taking them out, which sucks, right? Another thing I want to point out, I've worked in healthcare, a, a very similar system, something you may or may not know in the United States is that in the last, I'd say 10 years, there has been a major, um, there's been a major shift in the healthcare space. Okay. It used to be, you know, I'm a doctor. I hang a, a shingle out front and say that like I do, you know, I don't know, like freaking, uh, I'm salty tomorrow. I mean, t- the today guys. Sorry, uh, I do like you know, a family practice or geriatric or pediatrician, like whatever it was. And you would be a doctor. It was almost like a trade, right? You'd go to school, get a medical degree, and then you'd open your own business or you'd get the little the little leather pouch and you'd go around house to house or whatever. Yeah, those days are gone. Capitalism has consumed the healthcare system. And right now, think of it, guys. Have you ever, if you've ever seen Terminator Two, you know when um, the T one thousand, the liquid metal guy? Um, gets uh, cryogenically frozen, and then he explodes. And then the he's in the foundry, though, and the foundry slowly starts heating up the metal. And then the metal is like all these little individual pellets, and then they start coagulating into like bigger pools, bigger pools. And then all of a sudden, Robert Patrick like stands up and he has like sword arms, and he's like D-d-d-d-d-d-d. that's what's going on in healthcare in the United States right now. Systems are getting consumed and acquired, merged, and and just. Or put out of business, of these large health systems. Okay, so if on the trajectory that we're on, in twenty years there's going to be like a United States health system, and it'll be for uh, private, uh, for profit. Obviously, obviously. Uh, I need the obviously sound effect. Anyways why am I telling you this? A, you know, the more, you know, so snake eyes emotes, if you have them, the more, you know, that's what's happening in the United States healthcare, but how does it matter to cybersecurity practitioners? Well, here's the thing. Two, twofold. One, all these systems are getting acquired and merged. And guys, if you've ever done a merger or acquisition, you don't just, you don't just like, change the sign out front oh it was a waffle house and now it's a kfc no like you connect networks they have proprietary systems we have all sorts of shadow it all sorts of technical debt on both sides you acquire them and connect those networks whatever nasty business they had going on on their side comes into your side you can't just scale up your security technology like let's say that that like you acquire a system that's using i don't know uh, Carbon Black, and we're using Sentinel One for our EDR solution. Now you have two independent systems. You can't just turn off all the Carbon Black and deploy all the Sentinel One because A, you probably had a contract with Carbon Black for like X number of years and X number of money committed. Sentinel One's not going to be like, oh yeah, no problem. You got another 100,000 endpoints. Like just we'll, we'll, we'll square up at the end of the year. No, they're going to be like, you know, F you pay me. Right. And you're not going to have that money because you just dumped it into acquiring this new hospital. So what you have is a patchwork, hot mess of cybersecurity infrastructure all over the place. No one knows what's going on. They they're like, oh, we have two cybersecurity staffs now. So they lay off half of those people because they're like, oh, you're redundant, which they're not. And then so now basically hospitals are uh, health systems are in real trouble. And I'm I guarantee you, if I did the research, Louisiana, uh, you know, Lake Charles medical system probably falls into this situation where they have, you know, I don't know how the threat actors got in, but just believe this, the attack surface, you want to talk about my advent of cyber video, attack surface reduction, when you're doing mergers and acquisitions and blending all these things and and letting physicians go wherever they want with whatever tech they want and they know better than you, right? What's going to happen is attack surface... Explosion, and that's what's happening with health systems right now. So, I guarantee you, this is not the last large medical system to get compromised. 314 bed is not very large, by the way, that is not very large at all. So, um, just whatever, there's a lot going on. Like, this is a simple story a hospital got hit with ransomware. We talk about ransomware all the time on the show, that's not really the story. The story is in, he- in healthcare, th- there's this macro growth movement, and they're not doing the due diligence to implement information security correctly, A, because the business doesn't care, and B, because it's expensive, and C, because they don't have the knowledge capital to do it correctly. Anyways, Fancy! I'm salty this morning, apparently.
1: Citrix servers found vulnerable despite patches. Over the past two months, Citrix issued patches for two critical flaws in ADC and gateway deployments. One involved in authentication bypass, another involved remote code execution and actively being exploited. Researchers... Uh,
0: 270,000 patients, Liam. So all the historical patients, all the people who had traveled through and gotten there.
1: At NCC Group's Fox IT team found 28,000 Citrix servers online and used MD5 hash-like parameters included in HTTP responses to match them to product versions. They found about 16%, roughly 4,500 servers, ran software still potentially vulnerable to one of the flaws. The researchers found servers in China, the UK, and France the slowest to update to patched versions.
0: All right. So, hey, shout out to NCC Group's Fox IT team. I don't know who they are, but uh, I know uh, Base Case, our very own Base Case, uh, is an NCC Group member. And NCC Group does do research. uh, That is really good and notable from time to time. Also, say shout out to NCC Group since there's a whole group of them that watch the uh, stream, the daily threat briefing. Um, okay, so check it out. Here's here's not a surprise. Okay, again, it's uh, this is like a attack surface day here at Simply Cyber. Thousands of Citrix servers vulnerable to patched critical flaws. Okay, so Citrix servers you can have internet facing. It allows you to kind of abstract applications to you know your Salesforce or your um, you know your your team members, right? So instead of like having to install all these apps everywhere, you just use Citrix to kind of deliver the apps. You it's almost like a containerized version of the app where it makes it easier to uh, support the app. It makes it easier to uh, give access, remove access, all you know, et cetera, et cetera. So you know Citrix does have value. It's it's Citrix has been around for years. Okay, now. Citric is a technology, just like any other technology. So it needs to, you know, it has security flaws and vulnerabilities and stuff like that. Uh, two major flaws are still out. L- Shodan, shodan.io. If you guys don't know what shodan.io is, um, you definitely should. This is an OG tool. It's like nmap. Like you should know shodan.io. If if you're watching this right now and you're trying to break in the industry and you haven't heard of Shodan, do yourself a favor. Do, write, I just dropped it in YouTube chat. Write it down, copy it, paste it, bring it up, whatever, uh, and check it out after the stream. Or, or or watch YouTube videos around using Shodan. Okay? You'll be blown away. And you'll be like, Oh, thank God I found out about this thing. Okay. So here's the thing. Two vulnerabilities are out there. They still exist. Um, and they can be found wicked easily. Uh, what's interesting is they the, the researchers used an MD5 hash um, it says md5 hash like parameter. I don't know what that means, but, um, to basically identify, um, the version of Citrix that it's running. So sometimes with Shodan, it might be able to tell you that it's a Citrix server, but it can't tell you what version of the server. So let's just say version three is vulnerable. Version four is not vulnerable. Well, if you're a threat actor, you're not going to piss away your time trying to hit all the Citrix servers. You only want to hit the ones that are vulnerable. So this technique is showing that you can, further discern the version of the Citrix server to identify the ones that are vulnerable they also mentioned that it looks like uk based systems are the ones that are slowest to update i heard france was one of them and uh i I didn't catch the other one but i think it was a uk uh one basically but anyways guys a threat actor all they need is to get into your environment right? They, it's like, it's like the, it's a good day for movie references. If you've seen the matrix, you know, like the flying hunter bots with the arms and they, they cruise around and like when they hit onto the ship, the Nebuchadnezzar, they hook in and then they do the laser beams and then they pry the outside shell of the hull open and then they go in. That's what this is. The outside shell, hull of the boat is the Citrix server and the threat actors like get hold of it, rip into it, and then they go into the soft, gooey center of the infrastructure. And by the way, guys, spoiler alert, in 2022, unless you've gone like YOLO with, um, you know, zero trust architecture, chances are you have, your security at your business has a hard candy shell and a soft, gooey, chocolatey center around, uh, around security, right? So a threat actor can get in if they can compromise uh, creds you know, you, you, your, your network's flat and they can get to your uh, domain controller. They can get to your critical IT assets, right? Like unless you're doing network segmentation, which not a lot of people are, or doing it correctly, or you're, you're doing privileged access management, which a lot of people aren't because domain admins know better than, than other people. So they'll just drive around in their domain admin account. All right. Long story short, there's a lot of people out there still vulnerable. If it's, if it's in your wheelhouse to be worried about vulnerability management and or architecture attack surface reduction might be mindful if you're using citrix that it is kept up to date you should be all up in it's but about hey where are we with this this version is still vulnerable we need to get this uh, sorted out asap okay here's evidence to support that
1: for shell celebrates an anniversary it's been about a year since researchers disclosed the zero day vulnerability in the log4j java library While patches quickly arrive for what was dubbed Log4Shell, it still remains a persistent security problem for many projects and software components. A new report from Cisco Talos reiterates this, saying the library's wide usage and deeply embedded nature make it difficult to inventory for organizations. It further said it anticipates Log4Shell to be an exploitation threat through 2023 and beyond. While the Conti ransomware group began exploiting Log4Shell soon after disclosure, Talos Notes' APTs, ransomware, and crypto mining groups continue to use the exploit.
0: All right. Uh, okay. Okay. So two things going on here. One, whoops. One, Log4Shell. Okay. Like, yeah. H- happy birthday, Log4Shell. Do we have a sound effect for you? Um. Mm, what would be a good Log4Shell? Um. I don't know. I don't have a happy birthday one. So happy birthday Log4Shell. Yeah. So it was a year ago today, if you guys remember, Log4Shell came out, the internet caught fire. InfoSec, the InfoSec community was aghast at um you know what this was, how easy it was to uh exploit, how widely spread it was. That that was the real problem with Log4Shell. It was like an open source Piece of software that was baked into, I think, I want to say Tomcat or some version of Apache, which gets baked into all sorts of devices. The Perseverance helicopter on Mars runs uh, software that includes Log4Shell. A lot of businesses had, you know, security products or, or, you know, technology products that had it baked in. This lit the fire. When I talk about lit the fire, I'm talking about, um, you know, like you you were you were running the gas stove on simmer, and then like Log4Shell came over and like turned the dial all the way up until it was like blue flames uh, glowing. It looked like the back of an F thirty five jet with afterburners on. Okay, so people are like, "Wah!" and it turned the fire up on open source software security. So if you've looked at what's happened in twenty twenty two, it was kind of subtle. It wasn't a it wasn't you know big sexy story, but there was a lot of effort and a lot of money put into open source software security, software bill of materials. The white house got involved. Google Android. There's a big public private sector initiative led by CISA that has, you know, the big names, Apple, Google, Microsoft, uh, Amazon, et cetera, uh, involved in it. Google released some tools, right? They released a, um, They just released it the other day. It's like a scanner that will look at the library imports of software to tell you if the imports that you're bringing in have vulnerabilities listed already to give you visibility over open source software and the security of it that you're baking into your product, because it's important to know. And and by the way, spoiler alert, if you've done any kind of software development, right? I call it that, but in reality, it's like hacking in, in the sense of hacking together code, you know, as well as I do, and this is a spoiler for anyone who, who isn't um yeah, OVA. This is a spoiler for anyone who hasn't like picked up Python yet or anything like that or any of the programming languages. A lot of times you have a very specific goal. I wanna be able to parse in this file and output this format so I can ingest it into whatever, or I'm just looking uh, to build like a socket connection, like, you know, in and, and, and push some data through it or whatever. Whatever you're trying to do and what one of the first things that you're going to do is Google it to see if there's libraries that can help you do this thing, right? A a perfect example is if you were going to scrape a web page, there is a library or yeah, there's a library if you want to call it that um, called Beautiful Soup, which is imported easily into Python. And in two lines of Python, you can Instantly have the ability to scrape a website and start parsing out data elements of it So you don't have to write that yourself This happens all the time all the time because people are more interested in accomplishing their goal not writing software Python libraries, right? so Because of that people import stuff all the time, but they don't know if it's vulnerable or not and that's been the big thing So log4shell Kind of lit the fire on making that a priority. The final thing I'll say is everybody was a, a like out of control about Log4Shell. I mean, it was, I like, Simply Cyber made a video about it. But one thing I want to point out, in my experience, in my visibility, and I've been doing the cyber briefing for over a year now, or just close to a year. No, a year. Um, There was never any massive Log4Shell exploitation, right? So, you know, at least that was reported now it could it could be happening the story itself said oh apts are going to continue to exploit it through 2023 major part major vulnerability major exploitation guys i don't know about you and i'm not trying to be like throw a wet blanket on this on this story but like i didn't hear any massive breach that started with log4shell you know if you did let me know i remember there was like one story like in the summer of a chinese apt doing something with log4shell but it's not like It's not like, you know, it wasn't like COVID where like everything changed. You know, it just, it was a big story. It was easy to exploit. And then, you know, that was it.
1: I don't know. U.S. continues to expand TikTok block. The U.S. House of Representatives administrative arm issued new rules banning the app TikTok on house managed devices. The House isn't alone in this action. It follows legislation from 19 states that have at least partially blocked the app on state managed devices and the recently passed omnibus spending bill, which bans TikTok on federally managed hardware. That bill still awaits President Biden's signature, but the broader ban is expected to go into effect soon.
0: And now a word from our. Yeah, Okay, so here's the deal. Uh. TikTok is a ban is TikTok is banned on official uh, I guess, federal devices. So like if you work for the government and they issue you a cell phone, um, you can't install TikTok on it. Perfectly reasonable. Um, here's the deal. Um, two two things. One, I appreciate this. This is just, guys, like you want to talk about um a simmering story that's like slowly heating up. If you haven't been paying attention like the United States is like openly um you know I guess rabbit punching China there's been a a slow movement to decouple the global um supply chain global economy the Uni- United States is not doing business with China in some capacities um the United States has banned uh or sanctioned the export of chips microchips to China uh Japan and Netherlands have joined in to kind of Hamstring or hinder China. Um, Huawei and, and other major Chinese uh, manufacturers are not allowed to be sold in the United States. Um, fact check me on that, but there's definitely something around that. So, anyways, there's been this slow building, um, you know, line drawing, if you will, of this is our territory, this is your territory, stay off my grass. Uh, and this TikTok thing is just another one. Like there's been major security and privacy concerns around TikTok. We just had a story yesterday about how people at TikTok or ByteDance were using um, GPS locations to identify who might be standing next to a investigative journalist uh, a week prior of a major news story drop, etc. Um, so this is this. I also want to remind you guys that a lot of people, not not all people, but a lot of people... Um, will run two devices. Oh, this is my work phone where I don't do anything. And this is my personal phone where I have total carte blanche to do what I want. I install TikTok on my personal phone. So this, this I appreciate this uh, legislation, but at the same time, if you have a phone with TikTok installed on it already, and by the way, the government shouldn't be able to decide what you can install and not install on your personal devices. Um, it kind of defeats the purpose. But again, this is just another, um, another brick in the wall to have a, Pink Floyd reference up in here. Yeah, okay, thank you, Alfredo. So the the Huawei and the other technology is specific to critical infrastructure inclusion, which makes sense, right? Um, you know, free market capitalism, they can't really ban unless it's like an antitrust lawsuit or something like that, the sale of certain tech. But yeah, well, Kayla Rose brings up, why are we even allowing non-work related apps, not approved apps on your work-owned device? Exactly, it can be tough to manage those things. A lot of businesses will do BYOD, where they're like, "Oh, it's uh, it's it's your device, you pay for it, but we we get to claim it as um, a business uh, element." So, anyways, good talk. Sponsor
1: Tines. If you're overwhelmed by your workload, Tines is the solution you've been looking for. Tynes no code automation checks boxes legacy SOAR tools can only dream of. Break the silos between tools and teams, focus on meaningful work, and eliminate manual errors while improving your response times. Visit Tines.com to stay ahead of the curve without breaking a sweat.
0: Alright, it's the mid-roll. Let's do this. Alright, everybody. Thanks for being here. Uh, I make no apologies for my brain melt on the first story about the uh, healthcare system. I'm just feeling feeling spicy, I reckon, today. If you're getting value out of this uh, show, whether it's the entertainment value, the educational value, the networking and social engagement value, Your choice, but if you're getting any value, take a minute and hit the like button. It does go a long way for other cybersecurity professionals to help discover Simply Cyber and and become part of our community. Definitely love it. Thanks to Barricade Cyber Solutions and Recon Infosec for their continued support of the show. I wanna let you guys know, uh, I appreciate your feedback and comments around uh, additional sponsorship. I'm beginning to line those things up. I will make it, make an effort and a point to incorporate any additional sponsorships in a way that is uh, as frictionless as possible into the show and complements what we're doing here. Um, If you don't already know about it, I do generate a weekly email that I'm very proud of, which is why I take time every single episode to share it with you simplycyber.io slash newsletter. If you go to that URL, it'll redirect you to this landing page where you can drop your email address in and get an email from me every Monday. Um, You know, it it is a newsletter. I haven't used uh, the email list to email other marketing and crap like that. It's just been the email uh, every week with value um, on how you can... I try to make it almost copy and pasteful. Uh, People have shared stories that they... have uh, delivered value to their business that they've engaged with end-users that they've gotten recognized by management because of their Contributions that came directly from this email. So guys I do this as a um, public service <laughs> so um, Obviously there's value to simply cyber, but I you know If you're interested go, go ahead and get this, okay? Oh Let's do a um, let's do a um, a raffle Let's do a quick raffle guys If you want to get the uh, GRC Masterclass, holler at me, holler at me, holler at me. Um, All right, go ahead and type GRC in chat right now. GRC to enter the chat. This is the Simply Cyber GRC Analyst Masterclass. I made it myself based on 20 years of GRC experience. I've heard a lot of really positive things about it. I just added three new pieces of content. I updated the audit lab, I updated the risk lab, and I did a 45 minute lecture that is the end all be all of everything you need to know in this risk management framework. So holler at me, thanks Wayne's World. Good luck to everybody. While that's queuing up, I wanna remind everybody if you prefer to get your Simply Cyber daily cyber threat briefing in an audio format, go ahead and grab your podcast app of choice and check it out. Look, we post this every single day. Here's yesterday's podcast, here's the day before's podcast. This is on Spotify, but your choice, giddy up on it. Reminder, later today at 4.30 p.m. on December 29th, Eastern Time, uh, we'll be talking to Alyssa Knight, long form, one hour interview, the intersection of cybersecurity and meta. media Alyssa is a uh, celebrity and a wonderful cybersecurity practitioner in our space and now she's working on movies and cybersecurity media content we're gonna talk to her about all of that she is a great guest I can't wait to uh, introduce you to those who haven't met her and to uh, rekindle some of that um, you know uh, relationship I suppose if you do know Alyssa she's a wonderful person can't wait it is Thursday so let's do the meme of the week compliments a haircut fish There you go, everybody. Happy New Year. There we go. That is the Happy New Year from... Haircut Fish. All right, we're going to do the drawing for the GRC right now. We've got 10 seconds left before the music ends. I'm going to roll it. Good luck to everybody. And Liam wins it. Nice job, Liam. Liam wins it.
1: All right, let's keep rolling. Korean attackers pose as VC firms. Security researchers at Kaspersky published a report detailing a North Korea-affiliated group known as Blue Noroff. Over the past year, the group registered domains mimicking the sites of real venture capital firms based out of Japan and Taiwan. The group appears to target employees at startups in an attempt to get them to click through to further phishing sites. Kaspersky believes the group operates as part of the Lazarus Group, the well-known financial and cyber espionage hacking group. The report also details how the group began experiments with new file types for phishing lures in an attempt to evade detection, particularly focusing on ISO image files.
0: Yeah, ISO image files have been quite popular. Um, You know, you'll see, uh, like I just covered this the other day, Raspberry Robin has got a new one where a USB drive, then it's an HTML file. When you click it, it opens... um, It is kind of crazy. It opens an HTML file, which then renders an SVG image file format. SVG supports XML. Within the XML, you can have a script tag. Within the script tag, you can write custom JavaScript. The custom JavaScript can build an ISO file on demand. Which then, when you execute it, um, it, it explodes an archive that's a uh, um, password protected, where the password is presented in the HTML file, where the threat actor. Uh, tricks the victim into typing in the password, which when you explode, the archive is an ISO file, which then drops Raspberry Robin malware. This thing, if, if that gave you a Popsicle headache, you're not alone. All right, so check it out. Um, Lazarus Group, very likely the group behind this uh, is impersonating VCs. I just want to tell you guys really quickly Lazarus group has stolen enough money in the years that they probably could just be a legitimate VC. (laughs) Honestly, they don't have to be criminals. Uh, they have millions and millions and millions of dollars. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll say it in a second, Gary. Um, so North Korea, they're targeting, um, they're acting like VCs. A lot of tech startup companies have great ideas. They have great IP. Um, and they are looking for funding, right? So a VC is someone who's got, or a group of people who have so much money that they need to invest it instead of paying taxes on it, or they they have the money where they can take higher risks, right? So they could put it in a savings account at 1%, they could put it in the stock market at 10%, or they could put it in a company at like 200%. Of course, the higher the return, typically the higher the risk, which is what why VCs do it. Um, Lazarus Group is targeting people Uh, It's kind of unfortunate because they are being... um... Oh, actually, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I misread this. So Lazarus Group is pretending to be these VC firms that actually exist. So if you were to Google venture capital firm or uh, Sumitomo Mitsu Banking Corporation, uh, you would find that they are a legit VC firm and you'd feel great about it. But Lazarus Group is basically doing a spear phishing attack where they... Ah uh, pretend to be those VCS, kind of leveraging their personality and their uh, reputation to trick tech startups and and alike to um get fish. Now, I don't know what their end goal is, right? It's either to get creds or it's to um, drop malware on them on the uh, on the victims. but you know, at the end of the day, this is, this is um, Threat Actor 101, right? It's social engineering. They're tar- they're creating spear phishing attacks. They're using ISO files as the attachment to get around web security gateways. And they're posing as venture capitalists because they're using money cash, homie. to uh, entice the victim into clicking through, right? Hey, if your business is having trouble and you need a... a, a, a um, an injection of cash for liquidity purposes, for cash flow purposes. You got to make payroll this week, and your you know invoices aren't being paid. If you just got a little bit of cashish um, you could pay payroll. And look, oh, here's a VC, an angel investor who's coming in here to drop cash on you. Yes, yes, yes. I'll click right through, and then boom, you're pwned. Um, really quickly, um, just because Gary Sturgia, Sturgiadis asked about that. Um, I want to show you really quickly. Is this? Can I just show you this? All right, hold on one second. This is uh, in regards to that uh, HTML SVG thing I just told you about. Let's see if I can't find a <clears throat> a graphic. I covered this story in the Lima Charlie Report, uh, or simply Cyber Report, powered by Lima Charlie. If you guys didn't know that, I'm involved with Lima Charlie's podcast. Um, here you go. If you could see this this is a new kind of not new but this is the way that uh threat actors are operating with raspberry robin they have an infected usb drive that has an lnk file that executes an msi exec which then loads this raspberry robin payload that's this isn't hold on this is yeah they have the fake payload in here it's pretty it's pretty gross but hold on what did i i screwed up then um Yeah. Oh, here's what it is. I'm sorry. This is from Talos. Gary Sturgiatis, thanks guys for uh, keeping me honest. This has nothing to do with Raspberry Robin. This is just a way that threat actors are uh, weaponizing SVG file formats. So if you work in a sock or whatever, this might be something that you see. You could see here, this is from Talos. The attacker sends an email uh, that has an attachment to it. The attachment is right here. The attachment is an HTML file, right? So just a simple web page doesn't look bad to a a, a victim. The browser decodes and runs the JavaScript in the SVG image. So SVG is an image file format, just like JPEG, just like PNG. But the thing is, SVG has kind of metadata that includes XML. XML allows you to add, you know, make it more rich and do other stuff to it. But it also allows script tags, the same way HTML allows script tags. So you can put JavaScript in it, right? This makes it more engaging, more HTML5, more web3. The problem is threat actors can write malicious JavaScript. And because the JavaScript's embedded in the SVG image, which is embedded in the HTML file, web security gateways aren't scanning that far down. They're not They're not exploding the HTML file and rendering it in some type of like sandbox to see the, um, the JavaScript run. So the JavaScript runs, and creates this blob malware on the device, which is an archive, which when they click it, because the the image, the the HTML file up here is going to say, Hey, you're about to get a pop-up type in this password uh, in order to open it up. And then boom, it opens it up and you've got uh, malware on your box. And then this particular one sucks even more because It will try to find the current open email client on the machine and email out to an existing thread the attachment and 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 worm its way across okay
1: kraken exchange closes in japan payward asia operates kraken services in the country it announced it will shut down its exchange business there as of january 31st the company will ask clients to transfer holdings to different digital wallets or exchange them out for fiat currency This follows significant cuts at Kraken, which cut 30% of its global workforce earlier this month, impacting 1,100 people. While a significant withdrawal, the exchange believes it can continue to operate in the ongoing crypto winter, fueled by the fall of several notable exchanges and tokens, most notably the collapse of FTX. Here we go.
0: I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it.
1: All right, here, guys. Kraken
0: is another one of these big crypto exchanges. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this. They're closing part of their... Uh, footprint, um, you know, dude, I'm telling you, there's going to be like a, um, movie made about this, um, at some point, like really well-funded movie, the same way that they, the 2008 housing crisis movie was made the the big short, there's going to be one around this crypto. Hey, guess what? Crypto. (laughs) You busted. Okay. Like you burned like crypto. it's, 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 it's. the, the heyday of wild west and unregulated and like you know scam everywhere is 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 coming to a close and i, I for one am at the front of the line to high five um this impending change in the l- landscape i'm sick of people getting ripped off and scam artists all over the place um this is just another one all of these all of these crypto exchanges they're all incestuous they're all buying into each other's you know fake bs tokens and devaluing everything. So guess what? You know what happens when you have dominoes and one domino falls over? They start knocking each other over. FTX lost billions of people's money, not their money, people's money. Lots of people screwed. Uh, but FTX goes down and then all these other kind of like middle market uh, investment companies, Almeda Research, obviously. But like, I think Genesis was one and there's a couple other ones. They're going down. They didn't have a diversified portfolio. So all of their value is going down. And then people like Kraken, right? Oh, they've got investments in all this crap. So that all goes down. So the value of the business goes down. This thing is a house of cards and somebody just like opened a door from outside with like a cold wintry blast of wind that came cruising through the front door right into the living room and hit this house of cards. You want to talk about, um, oh my God, what was, uh, what's the Winterfell's family's name? Uh, Oh, I can't even think about it. whatever winter is coming and you better believe it's bringing a cold, cold wind to knock over all these posers. So not surprised Kraken got hit. I can't, I'm not saying Kraken's bad or good. I'm just saying these crypto exchanges, d- d- like this is an indicator of, um, stress for this business. And I would assume that it's going to get worse before it gets better for them. Stark. Thank you. Thank you. The Starks are here and winter is coming.
1: U.S. investigating conveniently timed FTX hack. Speaking of FTX, Bloomberg sources say the Department of Justice's National Cryptocurrency Enforcement Team launched a criminal investigation into an alleged cybercrime that stole $370 million from FTX hours after the exchange filed for bankruptcy. So far, most of the legal proceedings related to FTX have centered around allegations of fraud from founder Sam bankman fried in interviews prior to his arrest, SBF suggested the infiltration represented an inside job, but it's unclear who orchestrated the breach. Sources say the U.S. government managed to freeze some of the funds.
0: Okay. I'm a crypto evangelist. I love it, love it, love it. Yeah, no sh- no, no, kidding it was an inside job. He was probably involved with it. Complete speculation. But dude, this story, like... By the way, if you guys haven't been following, if 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 any of this is interesting to you, okay. Yes, thank you, Jay Smith. All right, guys, if you haven't been following the FTX story, I don't know how you couldn't be. It's everywhere. But I do want to share that um, Coffeezilla, and I'll I'll share this on stream. Um, Coffeezilla, this guy right here is an absolute treasure. Like, I I check this guy's page once a day to see if he's released new content. That's how awesome he is. He's like an internet detective. And uh, Moist said it on his stream the other day really well. He's become like a boogeyman of scammers. Like, if Coffeezilla calls you, (laughs) if he contacts you for a statement, you probably are screwed. Uh, if you're a scam artist, because he's on to you, right? He's been covering the Logan Paul thing, but uh, CoffeeZilla has done a really great job with FTX and following this FTX thing. He's been focused on Logan Paul and this Crypto Zoo scam lately. Uh, but, anyways, check out CoffeeZilla. The thing I wanted to share about this is FTX lost billions of dollars right after they announced bankruptcy, $372 million. Disappeared. Now, here's my thing. I bet you anything. They were thinking like, oh, 372 million dollars. That's just a drop in the bucket of like the 12 billion dollars that we lost. No one will notice it. Yeah, right. Um, Someone's gonna get screwed. I'm. I'm happy to hear that the United States was able to freeze some of this money. Couple things. Couple things going on here. One, Sam Bankman-Fried, who is the CEO, disgraced uh, CEO of FTX, is in uh, custody. He's been extradited to the United States, where he's pending trial. I think he was released on 250 million dollar bail. I wish they hadn't released him on bail, honestly. I think he is like basically a supervillain. Here's the interesting thing: uh, two people who are very, very senior at at uh, Alameda Research uh, and tied with FTX. Which, if you don't know the story, don't worry about it. Just two high ranking people that are very in the know about everything that's gone on here. Uh, basically both pled guilty to get lighter sentences. Uh, specifically, Caroline Ellison was like his girlfriend slash the CEO of Alameda Research, which was the company that they were embezzling the money through. She was going to get 110 years in prison. <laughs> 110 years in prison, which, you know, I, I don't know about you, but that is pretty motivating when they're like, you can do 110 years or you can talk. And she's like, I'll talk, which uh, is going to be basically a tell-all of everything that went down. So I hope personally, um. I hope that this hack of this $372 million does not get lost in the noise and of all of the billions of dollars that were lost because this is hot trash. This is BS. The fact that they think it was an inside job is so obvious. Um, like, in the fact that I really think the arrogance and hubris that they thought that this would likely go undetected or that they could hide it is so laughable. <laughs> like, dude, like we'll see. I will reserve judgment because maybe it was Lazarus group getting in there, but the timing of it is ridiculously convenient that they announced bankruptcy. Sam Bankman fried goes from being a billionaire to having like $22 worth of value to his name. You think if there was an opportunity to steal some money that they wouldn't do it, not to mention it's been discovered that there was like a backdoor, um, you know, channel for moving money from FTX and Alameda that has been discovered. Um, anyways, personally i am fascinated with the story you know how i am y'all i i track i like to track this crypto thing because i think it's i think it's trash and again winter is coming winter's really here but it's like you know it's 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 coming hardcore
1: mastodon rebuffs funding overtures mastodon founder eugen rochko told the financial times it rejected more than five investment offers worth hundreds of thousands of dollars from venture capital firms in recent months Rajko also called Mastodon's nonprofit status untouchable, saying the independence and moderation choices across servers were part of its appeal. This isn't to say Mastodon isn't without any income. Mastodon development is currently funded by donations through Patreon, with over 8,500 donors on the platform currently paying about £25,000 a month. Many individual federated servers also accept donations to pay expenses. Remember, we'll be. T- All right,
0: so Mastodon has, you know, basically. Um, risen from the ashes that is Twitter. Um, and it's not as great as Twitter. Like from a production platform, software, end user experience, UX, UI perspective. But it is what it is. And, and a lot of communities have taken a Mastodon. InfoSec Twitter has taken a Mastodon. Okay. So um, if you go to InfoSec.exchange, that is a very popular Ma- uh, Infosec Mastodon channel. I'm gonna pull it up here really quickly, so you guys can see. Uh, the UX really is difficult. I'm. <laughs> Haircutfish has already posted the meme, <laughs> the meme here on the channel. You could see Alyssa Miller's up in here, Whitney Champions up in here. Um, a, a whole bunch of uh, folks who are members of the Infosec community. So go ahead and check it out if you want. What's interesting is, and no surprise, venture capitalists. Great cash, homie. Have identified that everybody has flocked to Mastodon, so that's where I should stick my money. And the guy who's in charge of Mastodon's like, no, I'm not going to take your money uh, because I'm not for sale. Now, stay tuned because, you know, we'll see how it goes. This this happens all the time. VCs, you know, their opening move is like, here's here's some money. What do you say? I also want to say the story said that he refused hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, no offense, but like that's super cheap for what Mastodon is right now. The market, the penet- the market penetration for Mastodon is massive. That's millions of dollars, not hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I would, I might suggest come correct with the, with your, bu- with your money. Uh, it may not matter because this dude says he's not for sale, but at some point you know, he's got the Patreons and stuff like that. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point somebody comes in with money and, and more righteous, altruistic motivations and says, Hey, it's not about capitalism and monetizing the platform. It's about getting you the funds so you can have a team of UX and UI engineers and really realize the vision that is Mastodon and then get buried in there. And then obviously at some point, um, they, they like work him out of it (laughs) and, you know, turn it into capitalism. So that—that's my uh, my sneaky tinfoil hat speculation is that yes, the, the guy's refusing the money right now, living on Patreon. Someone will get in there in 2023 um, through essentially social engineering, talking about how how it good it could be, and then ultimately in 2024, um, kind of worm it worm it into a more of a money making platform because cash rules everything around me. Cream. All right, so that's going to do it uh, for the stream today. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. It's been a good one. It's been a good one today, guys. Want to remind everybody that, like I said earlier, later today at 4.30 p.m. on December 29th, Eastern Time, um, Alyssa Miller will be my guest. So just a few hours from now, she'll be on. Uh, we had a good time, hopefully. I'll take some feedback, guys. I was, I was really salty and sassy um, to begin the show. I don't know if I like this new intro. Um, I kind of like doing it the way I like doing it, and uh, it feels... I don't know if I like trying to conform to more standard podcast formats with standard audio and stuff like that. If you were here just for the news, peace out. We'll see you later. I do want to spend a couple minutes just saying what's up to my peeps, Yulachu is in the house, blazing ups up in here. I see you, dabbing, my man. So it's great, Jerry. Oh, how do I contact you about the GRC price? Uh, Liam, just hit me on um if you're on Discord, Liam, DM me there. If you're on LinkedIn, DM me there. Um, is that if that works for you? Like, Liam, let me know in chat if either of those options work for you. The Discord would be better, honestly. Hey, Jenny Housley, Jenny. Um. The world of the haiku stream next week is on Tuesday, and we're gonna use ChatGPT to see if ChatGPT can do the, the cyber ranges. Oh guys, good stuff, good stuff. Hey Stan, good to see you, Carmen San Diego. Guys, love the squad support. Thank you. Thanks so much for the squads. Alright, Philip Martin, my man. Jeremy Williams. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep! thanks Jeremy Williams hope the family's feeling better I know the little guy had the flu and fell down some stairs and stuff terrible terrible stuff guys New Year's Eve hey I just want to remind everybody as a public service announcement um if you want uh here I'm gonna drop a snake eyes uh in chat here public service announcement guys New Year's Eve is basically like Amateur drinking day like people who don't really understand how to drink alcohol get hammered on New Year's Eve And then drive around like idiots. So please if you are going out on New Year's Eve, I'm (laughs) I'm 43 and married with kids. So I you know, I'm in bed (laughs) before midnight But uh, if you are going out on New Year's Eve, please be safe. Nothing worse Nothing worse than a horrible horrible story on New Year's Day about some jackass some some donkey who doesn't know what they're doing, uh, hurting people out there. So let so be careful out there. Yeah, Jenny, me too. I think it'll be fun. Robert Moritz, what's up? Edward Mayer, guys, we've got some videos dropping uh, tomorrow. Um, just to share with you guys. My Role to Cyber series is still going on. Uh, and I'm a big, big fan of it. We've got um, Mechanic to Cyber drop tomorrow here. So if you're uh, interested in that, we'll be watching that together at 9am tomorrow. I've also got a couple other videos lined up including heavy equipment operator Andrew Bollinger to cyber. Oh, it's right here. Why is it? I don't know why it's got like, a. have already watched part of it stream thing here. I I did preview it but um, heavy equipment operator on January 4th is coming. And we've got a couple other ones i have so many of these roles to cyber running right now that i that i can't keep up with them honestly it's it's a it's i know i know it might look like i'm just goofing around up here with with streaming but it is a lot of work to manage the content and the channel and the community and and record the videos and edit and stuff like that so <clears throat> so just stay tuned i'm gonna i'm gonna keep on with the uh, roll to cyber video series Oh, someone told me that Adam, I've got to check your, your thing. Um, you sent me a link somewhere, maybe in discord, maybe on chat. I don't know. Uh, Adam, can you send that to me again? I saw you said Cody said something. I didn't get a chance to watch it, but if Cody's asking about simply cyber, you can bet your bottom dollar. I will reach out to him. That dude is awesome. Love me some Cody. All right. I'm glad you guys are getting value from the Rolls to cyber video. I'm a huge fan. All right, guys, that's going <clears> to <throat> that's gonna do it for today's stream. I wish you all the very best. I hope you guys are happy and healthy. And I will uh, happily see you guys at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time later today. So in about eight hours for Alyssa Miller, the intersection of media and cybersecurity. Be good, everybody. Have a great one. Thank you for all you do. Thanks for the feedback and helping make the show better. We'll see you guys later today.